podcast about rugby. I'm your host Adam, and uh, today we've got a, a bit of a mixed-up cast. After we had four people, um, last week we have three, and two of them are gone. And what a pleasure to to have you on. How's it going? Well, uh, always good to be on. Um, glad I could just help out the last minute SOS. Oh, that man of few words. No, we we appreciate that here. So uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> what <laughs> that, are you expecting? That, I'm, I'm a little bit more. Um, certainly. I mean, I mean, I can go on a you know one man monologue if you want. I thought that was a perfectly reasonable answer. <laughs> so, sorry, I, I guess I'm the one being unreasonable. I I have been hitting the wine bottle after my terrible performance in in draft this this well, week. Voluntary wine taking. Sorry. Voluntary wine taking even. What bottle you're asking? No, I'm just yeah. saying you, you, you're drinking voluntarily as opposed to the compulsory drinking that you have. No, been. yeah, no, no I, I don't down wine. That That's insanity. Um, I, I do need to get some beer, though. Was, uh, I watched the game with, with, with Andrew over the weekend, and uh, we had a good time. Uh, Andrew had some very good pork belly. I had some ribs. Uh, when Pony got that red card, I was overjoyed, uh, but I lost by two points. It was uh, hmm. it was bone crashing. Alex, uh, how are you? You're, looking, you're sitting pretty in the draft. Um, a result of some good trading over long term so uh, yes. fair enough good free agent trading no one wants to trade with me into team <laughs> I wonder <Everyone's>... why <laughs> well I don't know but like everyone's plowing free agents into fucking Phil's team um, not free agents but like people is giving him shit so I don't know. Uh, maybe I... there's an agenda but, but otherwise are you well I know there was a Cape Town fires um, recently <laughs> but so thankfully nobody uh, was was too badly affected. Uh, has the city recovered? Yeah, well, uh, obviously, I mean, it wasn't a city-wide thing, but, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it seems, it, I don't know, uh, I, like, I haven't heard very much about it, to be honest. That's which true. Which makes me wonder if people were being, like, I don't want to downplay it, I don't want to pretend like it wasn't a big deal, but I feel like maybe there was an overreaction at the time. Um... I think other than the library, the UCT mm. library, which mm. you know is obviously quite a big loss. Yeah, big one. Um, it feels like there hasn't actually been like all that much fallout. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I, I think like with a lot of these files, you know, I think it's the threat of the damage rather than the actual. I mean, apart from the stuff that at UCT, you know, on campus and things like that, the potential to really get out of hand. And the, but you know, like when Prudhoe Oaks were evacuating, they managed to get you know the fire break the job type thing. There's a lot of precautions, scares, and actual damage. Yeah, I, I don't think, think, I don't think there were any, like, fatalities or, I mean, casualties or anything. Well, not as far as I know, yeah. And like, um, again, but I mean, look, the extent of the damage is, is massive. You look at the, you know, the area that it's spread, I mean, it's, you know, there's the, the middle of the M3 next to UCT is burnt, like, mm. the whole mountainside from basically the top of Devil's People all the way through down to the house level, like, I think yeah, I mean, it was it was like a huge fire, but like, given the level of, of like, you know, people... People on Facebook and Durbanville knocking themselves yeah, safe. Yeah, like, knocking themselves safe and whatnot. Yeah, I that was think, a bit, bit overkill, like, I think. It, it seems like everyone is safe. Um, mm. Maybe yeah, I'm okay. just... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe... He's, and if, if I am wrong, then I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to, you know, downplay the fact that people have been affected by it. Because, like, I know, for example, the Rhodes Memorial restaurant was destroyed, which obviously puts a lot of people at work. So it doesn't like just because no one died doesn't mean no one is affected. Like it was yes, sure. a tragedy, but yeah, I'm not sure if it's on the same scale as it was originally made out to be. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, well, anyway. it, it helps that Mia 24's headquarters are located in Foreshore, um, so if you uh, know that they have the resources to cover it, but, aka Nas Bass, nothing else. Yes. But anyway, as you noted, know, I'm sure, I'm sure there was, was a handful more people affected, but it seems that in the majority, things have turned out quite well. Um, also, good week for South Africa. The uh, Mark Octopus Teacher, a South African-made documentary, won an Oscar, so uh, which is very exciting. I actually went to Varsity with uh, the director, one of the directors. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, she was in my German class. Um, cool. We were friends for a while. Did you then, say you've, you've achieved about as much as one another? No, okay. no. She she uh, has done a lot better. I've seen pictures of her at the ceremony. She looked great. So um, just nice. Um, good for her. And it's always nice when South Africans go and achieve overseas. That's my claim to fame. I sent her a message on LinkedIn saying congratulations. On LinkedIn? Well, yeah, I don't have her number anymore. Things have ch- I mean, she, she went to Cape Town. 
She was in Joburg after Varsity for a while, and then she went to Cape Town for, for years. Uh, I feel like if you don't have a number to congratulate directly, you, you're probably not good enough friends to, nah. to congratulate your <laughs> Oh, no. Well, no it's, it's a professional congratulations. So, um, yep. so you know, fuck you. It's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ben, unfortunately, he can't make it. He's dealing with newborn issues. Apparently, Olivia has upset Tummy, and JMO is on the rampage. Uh, and Matt, um, I'm not sure where he is. I know he's got a location somewhere in the Karoo that we don't know about. He might be having a strategy session for the fantasy rugby because his team's been doing so well. He's very off-brand. So um, we'll find out where Matt is as well. So they're not, they're not here. So let's get cracking with the news uh, very, very quickly, I guess. The, the first item is it was confirmed over the last week that um, the South African teams will not be taking part in, in the Rainbow Cup or expanded version, whatever you want to call it, however they want to spin it. More local derbies, which I don't know if any of us will be interested. Um, and I mean, just just reading about the sort of lengths that SO Rugby went to to prov- to get our teams over there to play in the UK, um, it just makes my heart sore as as a, as a South African fan. Um, S O R E. Sorry. S O R E, not S O A R. S O A R. Like it doesn't make your heart sore. Oh. No, well, that, that's what I meant. But yeah. uh, okay, Sorry, I, why, why are you grammarizing me? This is the second time you've grammarized me in a week. Wait, so. Well, that's not grammar, that's spelling. But yes, <sighs> the, 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 the third time right now. So um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be absolutely clear for the listeners because I don't want anyone to mistake <laughs> you for being supportive of anti-patriotic. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, thank you. So then, I owe you, I owe you a massive thank you for your guys. Um. Not great for the Lions series. Um, and since you haven't been on for a while, uh, how are you feeling ahead of the Lions series? It's, it's going to be in South Africa. We've, I know we've chatted about bubbles and whatnot. Um, would you make the Lions the favorite at this stage? I mean, they, they, they have to be, surely. I mean, they're actually the ones playing consistent rugby um, for a start. They play, and their players have actually played test match rugby, um, let alone consistent club rugby for a year and a half now, or a year now. So, I mean, you know, I think anyone that's being bullish about the South African chances of being a bit exaggerated. Um, and I think there's maybe a couple of things that they're not favoring that this seems probably one of the most open wide, well, open lines to in terms of team selection for their players. Like, no one really has any idea who's going to start for them, which is maybe useful. But then again, we don't really know what our team is going to be. Are we going to be backing a whole bunch of youngsters? Are we going to be picking form players? Are we going to be picking exclusively overseas guys? So, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens, but I definitely don't think you can call us favourites. I mean, we haven't even been in camp for a year and a half. Um, I know we've just had some alignment camps, but it's not quite the same thing when they have been there most of the time by Zoom. So, yeah, I mean, I think not being able to go over and play play foreign domestic matches, that, that's a term that makes sense, um, is a big blow to, to our preparation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just addicts? Just no, I, I think entered the nail on the head, I think. We, I think the Lions are always going to be favourites. I mean, it's four nations against one. Um, but, you know, we are the running champions, but we haven't played rugby in, in, as a unit for, you know, quite a long time now. I don't even know how long it's been. There should be a website, like, how long has it been since Springboks last played again? But, you know, the decision to skip the rugby championship in hindsight is definitely looking like a bit of a bad one. Um, and, you know, we're running out of time to prepare for the whole series. And this Rainbow Cup news is the, you know, the latest blow. I think, you know, there's probably going to be 70 per 5% or whatever of the squad picked from overseas anywhere. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not yeah, the squad. 75. Yeah, like maybe not the squad, but the starting lineup. Um, I think yeah, that's that, probably fair. This is not a, a scientific analysis. I'm just spitballing. So you know the fact that you know you know those guys are playing very directly is good, but a lot of them you know either in Japan or they're playing you know just in a very different setup, and it's not really a great substitute for being able to have regular camps with them and being able to play international games with them. So, bottom line, it's not ideal. 
like we we in a bit of trouble. And this, right. this rainbow cup thing is is just gonna hit us. You know, it's another blow. I just want to answer your question. We've been world champions for 541 days. So that's the last time that we played rugby. Yeah. That makes As well, sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually unbelievable when. <laughs> Yeah, when you when you think about it, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Pretty, what... pretty much one and a half years on the dot. Yeah, um, yeah, who knew? A bonkers time, but at least the Lions are coming, which uh, is very good news. But I guess we uh, need need to move on. Let's see, let's see what else that I have here. Uh, da, 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 da. Ah, okay, Wales. They have confirmed tests against uh, the Springboks, All Blacks, and Wallabies. Whoops, sorry. Just trying to find when uh, for the autumn series. So the, the All Blacks will be visiting Cardiff for the first time since 2017. Interesting. Um, at the Principality Stadium, and then I guess the test will follow. We always go to Wales, and we lose often. We always beat them in World Cups. Yeah. At the moment. I, I, I feel like we should play France. Like, you know, I feel like we're going to be done with the Welsh players after the Lions do it. Not done with them, but like. It yeah, just seems like playing any of the home nations, you know, the same um, week, or, and then the same year, sorry, that we played the Lions is like a bit of a cop-out. I'd much rather play France. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of, well, I'll say Europe, uh, apparently John Dobson, he's been linked with a European booth, according to the Rabbi Paper. Um, mm. He was interviewed by Harlequins. It's a bit rich to say European move, <laughs> taking Brexit into account. Um, interesting. I wonder why. This, I mean, I've spoken to you guys about Dobson his performance at Western Province, but uh, I mean, you backed him when he was appointed, but he hasn't blown the lights out. So, what do, what, do you think it's interesting that he's looking for a move overseas? I don't know. And what do you think? Yeah, it's so difficult to comment on Province because there is just so much mess going on that makes it difficult to say how much is the coach just competent versus how much is that the players are unmotivated because they're not sure their salary is going to arrive or they just don't have the right players in the book I think I mean they, they should have well, based on their squad they should have been doing better than they have done whether it was uh, Fleck or whether it was Dobson I mean and whether it was Alistair Fixier to be fair um, but yeah, I think the, the ultimate thing is there hasn't been significant progress under Dobson. Their game plan's not evolved into what we're kind of hoping it could be. They still play very, very forward dominant, relying on the thing that they have as good, but not really doing much more than that. Um, and he's had enough time now to have progressed something. Shown, you know, compared to like what Everett did when he came in. You know, there was they didn't perform immediately, but you could see what they were trying to achieve, and they've grown into that quite well over the last two seasons. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's been enough growth under Dobson to really suggest that he's performed as well as we were hoping him to. Well, adding salt to the wound, Bongi Mbanambi, he's been linked to a move to the Sharks once his, his contract expires in October. He's also joined Rock Nation. Um, Has he also joined Rock Nation mm, now? That's yeah. Sox, basically. I missed that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I missed that news, but that's, so that's what, Nkosi Beast, Khaleesi, um, and Bongi now. Mm. I don't think that's a great signing for Bongi Banambi because he's not like super marketable. He's a like yeah, he's a cool nation, guy yeah. and he's like he's a fantastic hooker, but like he doesn't he's have a major a marketing major. presence. I don't know. So yeah, I was also thinking. I mean, it's a weird signing. I agree. Um, mm. I mean, for the Sharks, I think signing it makes sense because they don't really have an established hooker who can throw straight. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. from a competitive point of view, that will help them significantly. Like if they had had a, a proper hooker, they would have won the Curry Cup final last year against the Bulls. Um, like mm-hmm. that is a hole that they needed to fill. But it does. It is weird also because they've been backing these youngsters, Richardson, Funfur, and Mbata, um, even yeah. Dan Yoster. Now they're kind of being like, cool. Well, to be fair, they've also all had a year and a half time to practice, and they've all been useless. So um, mm-hmm. useless at throwing their lineup. The general games are pretty decent. But they, the the yeah. core skill. So, I mean, I get, I get that signing to an extent, but the other Rock Nation one's a bit strange. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, on paper, I think it makes sense, it's, you know, for the Sharks and for Bongi, but, like, for the four guys you mentioned, it's a little bit of a slap in the face. Um, and, you know, my question is, how long 
Because, I mean, of those four guys, I don't really know. I mean, Karen Van Furen seems to be... He, he appeared to be first choice, so I guess nice second choice. So, cool, you know, he, he's happy to sit on the bench in number 16. That's fine. But Ibata and uh, Richardson and Daniel Ster, one of those guys is now fifth choice. And previously they would have fancied their chances at maybe making like second choice their own or maybe they thought they could like he got a you know a starting role ahead of Unfurin because he was you know he wasn't super well established yeah. um but now it just feels like you know what's the point of staying at the club anymore yeah uh, I completely agree with that yeah I mean in, in, to a similar extent it's you know it's it's similar like with the, the Khaleesi signing you know guy with guys like with, with, with the Les Ingemedi like Mm. Also, which were they're grooming them to start and now. You bring in Khaleesi, who's you know, who do you, and James Fenter is another guy. Like you know, with Notche and Khaleesi mm. now, there's very little space in that Lustria um, for the younger guys to come through. So unless the plan is like Lepongi will be there for a season, Khaleesi will be there for like a season. You know, these guys are still 20 years old or 21 or something. There's lots of time ahead for them. So maybe there's been those types of conversations. Like just learn as much as you can from this guy for the next yeah. two years. He'll still be 23 by the time he leaves. And then you'll be you know, Springbok level start. Maybe maybe that's the type of conversation. I don't know, but it does seem a bit strange. I agree. Yeah, I mean that's that would be fine. Like you can have that conversation with one guy, but you can't have it with four guys. So yeah. like I don't know if I was one of those guys, I'd be on the phone to his province and be like, well, you know, clearly you just had a whole, you just got a spot of hooker opener. Uh, yeah. Well, Scar is there, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean he's. He's pretty much the same age as Bungie, isn't he? And yeah, he's also in the fifties. Yeah, I don't know. Like they obviously need to invest in their front row at some point. The next generation. Um, yeah, because who's been, I mean, the third choice was still Chad Solomon. I mean, he's also what he must be twenty eight, twenty nine now. Yeah, and like he also he's not operating under. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, he's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, definitely not. So Bongi's 30, Skyra's 30, Chad Solomon is 27. Okay, there you go. So they need some, they need some new blood. Yeah, 100. Um, yeah, well, crossing the Indian Ocean now, just talking about Australia. Apparently, the Super AP AU numbers on TV have proven a bit of a hit. Um, so apparently, the Anzac round, cap last, uh, which was the last round of Super AP AU regular season. Uh, saw television ratings up an average of 144% across the season year on year. So, I mean, these television audiences, I'm just reading this from rugby.com.au, which is the mouthpiece of Rugby Australia, it should be said. These television audience figures do not include those streamed on Stan Sport, um, and therefore, meanwhile, at Matt attendances has also surged, with the competition to see the biggest crowds in more than five years. Even in, this is post COVID as well, should be noted. For the round eight clash between the Reds and the Brumbies, that was a good crowd. Even I could see that. Um, and also, apparently, the impact is being felt at community level with a 16.4% surge in player registrations from the same time wow. in 2019. So, I, I, I this is largely due to, as they noted here, a greater broadcast reach as well as dedicated marketing campaigns um, uh, for the schools level. I'm just trying to see here. Um, blah 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 blah. Let's see. Uh, oh, the, the Rugby Australia chief executive Andy Marinos. It's so weird that he went there. Um, he just said that we've been chilled, or maybe not good for him. We've been thrilled with the television audience figures so far, and can't wait to see it build over the next fortnight into to Harvey Norman, Super Rugby Trans Tasman. What a mouthful. Uh, he, he thanked a few guys. Um, overall, I, I feel like they should be thanking Raiden Castle. For all this, I don't. I know, Mitch. I, you do listen, uh, which we very much appreciate. So we'd love to uh, hear you weigh in on this on Twitter um, as well. But this is it. All started with Raiding Castle. She fell on her sword to fight the old boy Sydney's club. I know we're a little bit ignorant of here in South Africa, but we've heard about a lot about it. And uh, the fact that they've got a free to air. Uh, yeah, that's huge. Brought the club game into the fold as well. Um, I mean, a lot of people didn't, didn't like what Castle was up to, and also the fact she was a Kiwi and a woman, given the patriarch, uh, parochial nature, excuse me, of and, and patriarchal, uh, of of rugby in general. So I, I'm glad for Australia, by the way. It, it's good for Southern Hemisphere rugby. 
They're going to enter Trans-Tasman with two decent teams. I do think the other three are going to get fucked up, though, quite badly. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, no, it's pleasing. I'm, I'm just happy. It's good that rugby's gaining ground, um, mm. especially. I, I don't know. I don't know what your, th- your thoughts are on, on this one. Oh, uh, I'd be happy if Stan came over here and did the same thing. <laughs> I think yeah. the, the broadcast has been such a step up in quality. Oh, uh, Jesus. Yeah. No, you're, you're and spot on. Much better than what we produce. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, so our coverage is good. It's just our commentary. And, and oh, uh, Jesus. But who's the... Um, I, I like the fact they're involving women into not just... And pardon the term, curtain dressing. You know, we had rugby at the... What was the lady rugby? Lady Rugby, excuse me, Lady Rugby. I know Albert Schmidt was always appointed to that position, but it was very much in the South African mold. Uh, where, I mean, uh, Albert Schmidt, uh, she was on, um, shit, man. What was the rock station on, on DSTV a while ago? Um, uh, I don't really watch DSTV that much. That was years I ago. Mean, I can't, I can't whatever, remember. But Albert Schmidt, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I don't think she was great no. but i mean she definitely wasn't worse than like the rest of the super sport team yeah so that's like true. i don't think yeah i mean look, i think she's definitely more professional than most that's true but she came really from her but she was as a present presenter she was good i mean world rugby picked her up and she had a lot of comment uh, coverage for them at the world cup yeah. i've always thought she's you know she's good and solid at what she no, does that's the uh, thing i don't know it's just she kind of like ticked all the boxes afrikaans white female can't lose yeah. Um, which which kind of irritated me, but I mean, well, I'm not slating her personally. I mean, she she did what she had to do; it was a decent job. It's just the lack of imagination, what you were talking about, Ant. Um, here in South Africa, I love the commentary. Even getting Michael Choker on board. What are they call his comments? Something thought or something. I don't know. They had a weird title for his special comments. <laughs> That's it. Special comments <laughs> from from oh, Michael Choker. Like putting them up in the fridge for him. Yeah. Um, Where everyone can see them. Yeah, but even the Kiwi commentators, I mean, they bring in, um, excuse me, I'm terrible with names, but uh, Tui, I mean, they, they have female presenters commentating, thank you, female presenters, the Aussies had the, the triple international, though she played league and union and sevens. So union and sevens, that, uh, I was talking to Andrew over the weekend, he says, no, that's two. I'm, I'm like, mm, could be three. Um but anyway, it's, it's I, good. I haven't paid any attention to that, but like, but their, I mean, their commentary team is really good. Um, yeah, and I got Nick McCardle, Nick McCardle, an actual broadcaster yeah. in studio. I mean, I've ranted about this before. I saw, I think it was during halftime, uh, Ren woke up very early, so I managed to catch a bit of the first half, and then saw the commentary team. It's all ex-players, and it's just Jeff Wilson's actually good on him. And I see James Parsons; he's quite a thoughtful guy. It's just, you do need a bit of a ringmaster, if you ask me. Someone actually knows what they do with broadcasting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, but, uh, I mean... I've been ranting about this for ages. So I'll, I'll well, I think it's a big problem in South Africa. Like, uh, you know, Oof. basically yeah. I think we give jobs to people because they're ex-players. Yeah. Whereas in Australia and New Zealand, you know, they get jobs or gigs post-playing because they're good at what they do. Mm. They're good presenters or the good analysts or whatever i don't think we have that means test here which is a big part of the problem yeah yeah it's uh i don't want to commentate about that there's the level of commentary uh generally speaking it's pretty dire but, but we'll leave it there um i mean the there's been a lot of talk talking about what's happening in the anzac area uh, fiji Jura is pretty on, on the way to be confirmed along with my um pacifica moana but Manasa Mateeli, my failed draft hope from 2019, he's chuffed that Fiji Jura are getting a shot as he was born in Suva in Fiji, but he's staying at the Crusaders. Again, I know Mitchell Dunshay signed a new contract a few weeks ago. Um, these guys aren't starting, but they, I mean, he is so far behind the pecking order, and he's signed to stay at the Crusaders. They did know because he suffered, obviously, the terrible ACL injury in 2019. Uh, then he burst a pick uh, in, in the NPC. Following that, but he's staying there, so which is very interesting. So, uh, I think the Crusaders just have that incredible culture that just people want to be a part of. You know, there's a lot of guys that would be starting up unions, but they're just happy to ride pine and be part of the squad. That the Crusaders, it seems, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, Lester, even Lester Fana, Fana, Nakuku. Uh, I mean, he's getting a shot this year. He's, 
Sorry. <laughs> I'll just keep calling him. That's absolutely butchered that. Sorry, I do apologize to all our um, RE listeners. Can you please pronounce it correctly, Alex? Fine guy, Noku. Thank you. Um, he did He did also write the pound for two years, but he's got no shot. Um, I don't think he's a center, but maybe we've had that conversation. Yeah, no, I uh, I, I guess so. Um, but yeah, I guess we could just leave it at that. That was just a quickie. Um, something else interesting, I guess, we want to talk, obviously Bills, Miles Porchita, he he just made some comments recently. He played for his own in 20s in 2019 and for athletes in the varsity cup. He, he it's, a, it's a long story in Sport 24, but he kind of felt he noted that just because the under-20 champs has been cancelled for two years in a row now, um, they're talking about a lost generation of players. That seems a bit of a stretch, right? The other one represents under-20. Well, under two years is, is not a generation. But no. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Look, we we obviously couldn't get ducks in a row for the Rainbow Cup or whatever anyway, so maybe I'm being naive. But I feel like Saru should have the resources to basically scout you know, the various high schools or universities and put together a junior Springboks team to at least, like, go into Australia or New Zealand or England or something um, so that these guys get a complete game time. I don't know. Uh, like, we have the Varsity Cup, but obviously that's quite difficult for guys 19 to start a high school, especially if you didn't play junior Springboks or SS schools to break into. Um, so... It's kind of incumbent on Saru to like figure out an alternative, but again, maybe I'm being a bit naive about the resources that would require. It just there is like an it... academy side at the moment that's training stellies, and I don't know how much of that is linked to like the SA between. But there's an SA academy team that's is that? okay. training. Uh, so I don't know if that's like under the structure that would have been the under twenties. In other years, but you know, there is that type of that might be close enough. But yeah, what what those guys are going to end up doing, whether they're just training, hmm. like as a vaguely under the SA structures, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of variables with all the COVID stuff, of course, and I understand that it's not that easy to, you know, just pick up and organize a tournament, but. There are people who work at Star who like literally just get paid to do this, and you would think that they would be clocking in on like a daily basis trying to figure out a solution. So I don't know, maybe I'm expecting too much. Fair enough. I guess we'll leave it there. Just just a, mm-hmm. a, a massive full stop. Sure. From 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 a Sitar. Uh before, before we head just into the weekend's um, Super Rugby AU and Super Rugby New NZ games, it's not called Super Rugby NZ, I just don't want to butcher another name from Chef here. Um, yeah, thank you. Is there any, just any other news tidbits that you guys picked up uh, that you want to discuss? Uh, I have not been paying attention, so no. And anything from yourself? We might have lost Sant. We might have lost Sant. But... He got so bored that he, <laughs> he just got over it. No, okay. no, sorry. I, 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 I was muted. Uh, uh, I mean, just, just for our, our excitement, Dweber is potentially going to be called up to the yes. one of the foreign players. Thank That's you. quite exciting. Yes, it was Dweber, Jasper Visa. Um, and... Yeah, I'm more excited about Jasper Visa. Yes, good player. Why, why though, Matt? Sorry, why don't we Matt, Alex? Uh, I don't know, but I feel rotunda already. Oh, um, posh. <laughs> not really. I mean, in some cultures, the sign of of wealth. But yeah, um, big bird. Yes. I don't know. I just like Dweber by accounts has been quite disappointing, <clears throat> and Jasper Visa by accounts has been unbelievable. And he was on a really hot streak of form when he left South Africa. So I feel like he definitely has a little bit more unfinished business. Um, Dweber. I don't know, like, it's it's unfair of me to resent the fact that he went to Bordeaux because it's not like Jasper Visa stuck around. Um, but part of me feels like to ever, like, there was more of a need for local hookers. And I don't blame him, of course. Like, he, he did the right thing for his family. Um, but, like, someone should have made it worth his wild stay. And they didn't, and then he went and disappointed everyone at Bordeaux. Whereas Jasper Visa 
was you know unrecognized for a long time. I mean, even his younger brother Quiver's got more recognition than he did. So I don't necessarily blame him or less the Tigers for assuming that he was kind of done in South Africa. But I I feel more so than Dweber, he's got unfinished business. I don't know why I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I know, that, I mean, sorry that I do have people or a person based in the UK. So I will say um, it's a nice pickup from from the selectors um, yeah. in, in, in that respect. And yeah, no, I, I genuinely tend to agree with you. I know Jasper, before he left our shores, his final Curry Cup campaign is probably one of the leading outside backs. Um, but then who's... who's forwards. Excuse me, oh, sorry, some wine. Uh, who's, uh, but who's he providing backup for, given, given what sort of player he is? Um, like, see, like, uh, forgive me, this could be total nonsense, but he's got some Warren Whiteley elements about him, but he, he doesn't mind getting involved with the rack as well. So yeah. quite, quite a rounded player, all things considered. <clears throat> well, I think he's more of a blindside flank. Um, so I guess it's in case Peter Sepp Toy you know, hasn't fully recovered. Um, yeah, I mean, he he wouldn't be, I don't think, playing eighth man. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but he no. can. He can play eighth man. I mean, it's a question of what we want in eighth man. I don't, I don't think he... I don't. I wouldn't say he's in the Warren Whiteley mold. He's like maybe more of a trend for me. But I think Marcel Couture is kind of lined up as the alternative eighth man. Um, so... My assumption would be that Jasper Visa is being explored as a potential blindside option because we never really settled on an alternative mm. to Peter Steph. Um, you remember yeah. all the World Glad Cup? Glad it's not that conversation. Yeah, you remember, <laughs> you remember before the World Cup we even said like he would be the biggest loss or yes. the hardest one to replace. Um, and I think that hasn't changed. And we're quite lucky in a way that we, well, he's apparently fit again for West Province. But, um, yeah, like, I think there is a gap in the Springbok squad that's waiting to be filled, and Jasper Visa could be the one to fill it. So, yeah. I just hope we get them capped before um, one of the European nations causes some shit. Who is the hmm. third player? Sorry, I feel really uh, horrible. Sorry, uh, that really knows. I guess he's famous. I guess he's under Yes, that's right. But yeah, it is interesting just on the point of Jasper Vista. I mean, his brother is the perfect Peter Steve replacement. He's a you know, lock slash blindside. That was what he was playing at Province. Um so, you know, it's just I suppose it's interesting for him that, that his brothers actually ended up jumping ahead of him. But I feel like a lot of those second who went to sale haven't apart from far mm. really like didn't didn't have the same jumps in their game that that uh thing that have gone to other clubs would have. But anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, Nico Jansferin's big is a big surprise. Um, because obviously he, it's a second row, he's a second row, and, like, that's, yeah, that's oh. a position that, tra- you know, traditionally we are pretty well stuck in. Um, I don't know, at the same time, very few of the local options are like blindingly good, and we got a lot of guys overseas who are injured, so, yeah, I mean, I trust that Rossi and Dragon Number have identified him as someone who could, you know, do a job for us over the likes of Murat or Ruben Skuman or JJ Fandemesh, who I think is a little bit too young. Schickling? I think Schickling. Yeah, I mean, I'd say. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think Schickling is next in line anyway. But the question is, like, who, who else? Um, other than yeah, Chickling. Yeah, like Ruben Van Heerden, Hiron Andrews. Yeah, maybe. Robin Ori. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, lots of, like, very, kind of, second-rate options. Yeah. Alright, well, let's uh, leave it there. So, let's move, actually move on then to these, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the weekend games. So, uh, let's see what we have here. 23rd, Friday. Alright, we only had... Two games. We had two games on Friday, and then one Saturday, one Sunday. So the first game was it was highly entertaining. Actually, it was a that bl- wasn't the Blues versus Chiefs. Why am I? I'm on, I'm on drugs. Give me a second here. It was the Chiefs versus the Hurricanes. The Chiefs again pulling out a squeaker. Dave McKenzie kicking a penalty in the last minute or two, uh, winning 26-24. Um, 
in terms of the games between Australia and New Zealand, this is probably the big game of the weekend, actually. It's highly enjoyable. Um, I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like the Hurricanes bottled this, though. They they should have won. I thought they, they, they would... Were they highly dominant? No, they weren't. I don't know. What, what, what did you guys think of the game? Um, uh, Jordy Barrett was excellent for the Canes. I'll, I'll say that, as was Damian McKenzie. I'll, I'll pick Jordy to start at 15, though, uh, for the All Blacks. Um... But yeah, what did you guys think? Peter Glass also had a very, well, a beef Peter, I'd like to call him. He also had a very strong game for the Chiefs. I missed the second half because I was doing physio, so I don't want to comment. Oh, okay. And did, did you... Did you... <laughs> so that, was, that, that came out more abrupt than it was meant to be. Like, I yeah, feel right. like I shouldn't comment. No, 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 no that's fair enough. Uh, and <laughs> did you... Uh, I mean, did you watch the game? I did watch the game. Um, yeah, it was a weird one, like, as you said, neither team really kind of dominated each other. It was fairly back and forth. Um, mm. oh, it was a good game. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. And as you said, I think it was a game of the week. Because the only other close game was that, the, the Rebels Force game, which wasn't a great quality no, game. that was not a good um, quality but, game. Uh, force Reds. Force Reds, yeah. Force Reds, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, the Chiefs just seemed to be slowly building um, and finding ways to win games they need to, you know. I mean, it's really interesting. Like, I, I wouldn't, yeah, there was, that is, there weren't like standout moments for me about like which team kind of bottled it. Or, mm. I mean, as you say, Jordy Barrett was really good. Um, I think he's been car- carrying the cane significantly this year. Yeah, yeah. His fantasy manager, Richard, uh, has been very thankful to him and, and Cody Taylor for that. Uh, I do think the Chiefs, they massacred the Hurricanes at scrum time. Uh, but they got the proper, they got the scrum professor, Angus Ayavo. Um, a tight head, Aiden Ross. Wait, no, tight head's the one. One, two, three. No, tight head's the three. Yeah, sorry, tight you on the righty, the three. Sorry. Uh, Tayava's wears three, Ross one. And then uh, Samasoni Tokiao. Um, he's actually been very, very solid. I don't know if Harris is back, but meh. I know when Samasoni goes off, it's like, oh, okay. And, and Tupavai stepped up. Um, Koi stepped up in the absence of Brody Retallick. Um, as well, Lachlan Bashir back has also had a lot of balance to that back row. Do you think the Canes have a better balanced back row than the fact Sam Kane isn't playing? Sam Kane's a good player, obviously, but do you think they have a better balanced back row? Because uh, Jacobson had the concussion, so they had guys at eight, real ball-carrying eight, mm. then you had Bashir, and then, I mean, Mitch Brown, blah, I'm not a big Mitch, Mitch Brown fan, but he didn't have a bad game either, so, you know. Well, I mean, because Boshi is doing what Sam Kane would normally do. Mm. So I don't think the balance is, has really changed. I mean, I would pr- probably prefer to see a release trio of like, uh, okay, all things considered, I'd probably prefer to see Sam Kane, Luke Jackson, and Peter Gasso mm. But I get they, you know, they want someone who's a bit more boring who's going to hit racks in the form of Mitch Brown and like the fact that he is a little bit uninspiring is kind of what allows someone like Lockett and Boucher to go to work at the breakdown and uh, you know Sam Kane he's not just a you know um, a pulferer although he is pretty good at that mm. but he regularly tops tackle stats for the mm. Chiefs so I think they're really missing that work rate from him um, obviously not missing enough to lose the Canes who are put on the log Oh, yeah, but, it, uh, the history was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I'll leave it there. Okay, it was interesting though before Kane got injured, he was doing a lot more ball carrying. Um, but then he showed, showed off a bit of his skills, which which is interesting. Um, for the Canes, um, Jesus, I mean, I think a few of us actually picked them for coming last. Uh, I mean, uh, it's not Luke Campbell. Is that their scrummy? Yeah, yeah, that is. He he actually yeah, doesn't. Look, he actually doesn't I mean, look too bad. In, in, in fairness, but they really are having a huge problem at 10. Um, the big difference between TJ Perinor and Gordon Barrett and, you know, Luke Campbell and Ruben Love. Like, yeah. yeah. It doesn't uh, matter that you've still got Jordy. <laughs> you know, I mean, the back line's outside of 9 and 10, so mm-hmm. but they just can't do what they used to do. Yeah. They're just not getting the same mm-hmm. quality of all. Maybe it's just one of those seasons. I mean, Love. I don't think the commentators are creaming themselves every time he touched the ball. I mean, I was just like, well, he's just doing a job. But um, maybe this is one of those seasons where they're blood and early, uh, a lot like Richie Moe when, when he made his mm-hmm. debut for the Sailors. I, I don't think he's, he's a very different player to, to Richie Moe. And it's interesting that always hit him at the back. 
particularly in defense. Um, yeah. Not in the line. And the, and the Chiefs made a point of kicking to him. And he did well. He actually did well. I think he knocked down like once, but he didn't do that badly. No, it the, seemed like his main job was to just field the kicks and then mm. give them to Jordy so Jordy could return them. Yes. Yeah. Like, no. that's pretty much the into my nerves. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he did a decent job. So, I mean, it, it, good game. Uh, Hurricanes building, but. Um, yeah, but the birth section quandary, they've got, they've got issues outside, back with uh, bringing it back to Via, was that the good move? At least Rousey, they took them, they saw a light. At least Rousey's starting, where it's first and hardly touched the ball. So they have a bit of a quandary on the other, on the other wing. Um, you've got Jordy, the centers are fine. I don't know how, but he Proctor, maybe he's more side defensively, but Jenny, the PDO Umanga Jensen offers you a bit more carrying. But yeah, they lose Trio, losing Artie, it just, uh, yeah. Creates a, bit, creates a bit of a black hole in in that loose trio. I mean, up front they were right, and, uh, but uh, and as as a black hole owner, you must have enjoyed that step. That was a very nice try <laughs> from him. That was, that I was, was pretty... very excited for the game after that opening stanza. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it didn't turn out to be enough at the end of the day. No. Um, but yeah, it's uh, black hole's been a good player this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I dropped. He started. He tanked early, and then yes. Yes, I drafted in week one, you got Lines. minus 15 or some shit. That's just, that, was, that was upsetting, but uh, it's the way it goes. Uh, the other Friday game, it was, uh, I mean, it was exciting. Force 30, Reds 27, and, and just we chatted briefly to Mitch in one of the WhatsApp groups, and uh, I, for once, made a pressing comment that the Force brought the Reds down to their level, and that is true, but the Reds did screw it up. Liam Wright admitted it as, as much after the show kick for the post, but I'm um, good on the Force. Uh, I mean, Felipe Dargun had a good game, but uh, the Reds just, uh, I mean, read a little bit elsewhere. It's just that their heads weren't in the game. Um, I do think the Force are going to get fucked up by the Brumbies <laughs> in Canberra. Uh, but uh, interesting, uh, Tim Anstey, guys, didn't shoot the lights out. I'm shocked and appalled. Tim Anstey, MVP nominee. Uh, uh, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me, Australian Player of the Year MVP nominee. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've better of him. I'm. I'm quite surprised that you didn't think he had a good game. I thought he was unbelievable. I thought he performed better than Oliver who had a hat trick. <laughs> yeah. Good finishing by Oliver but he was called the English prodigy by, by the commentators. So he's played like under twenty. He was good though. Uh, good turn of pace uh, as well. Uh, as a like. It's very rare. We've, the Force don't get players in space all that often. But Kyle Godwin, what a rock, rock of Gibraltar. Mm. That, I mean, he's solid. But he, he often plays a 10. The commentators make an interesting point, and I don't know what your thoughts on this, that Miotti is not a great go-for ball. They're kind of always suggesting he just stands there. He just gets the ball and then kicks. He's not actually running onto the ball at pace. Yeah, he's been quite disappointing to me. I think, not just because he's my fantasy player, but you know, that, that first couple of plays he had for Jaguars two years ago, mm. um, or it was last year, I can't even remember time anymore. Um, but, you know, he looked really exciting, as you are saying, a front-ball player, like he would attack the line, he was creative and exciting with the ball in hand, and he seems to kind of, you know, dropped off a lot of that part of his game. Um, so I don't know if it's just because he's in an Australian setup or because, um, you know, he's been mandated to do things differently, or maybe if that was just confidence of youth, which is washed out of him with age. He, yeah, you, he's not... you would think, yeah, you think he'd be a little bit more involved because like yeah. they they make a lot of noise about his parent connection with Kubeshi. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like as a combination, you'd expect a little bit more from them. But well, whatever. I mean, it seems to have worked for them this weekend. So yeah, look, they they they're <sighs> probably nothing else. And I mean, I think that's that's probably the comment that applies to most of the forces. Well done to the force for coming third in the five-man, five-team competition and making the finals as a result. To be fair, I do think the force do get deserve plaudits for beating the Warriors and Rebels. You know, the Rebels are meant to be the, you know, they were the meant to be the messiahs. They did all their recruitment and um, their vessels and stuff like. The fact that the force, a ragtag, a bunch of people, could beat the Rebels is very disappointing for the Rebels. And, and well done to the Force, you know? I mean, we all know the Waratahs are in a bit of a freeport moment where they are kind of rebuilt. Mm-hmm. But, like, the point is, is, I think the Force do deserve plaudits for coming third in a team of five, in the tournament of five. And I think the Rebels and, and Waratahs really need to look at harder at themselves. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't, like, I wasn't being sarcastic. 
well, I mean, I was being a little bit obnoxious, <laughs> but genuinely well done for coming third in the competition. Yeah, that 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 line, it, that, that they line is very the place in the finals. No, I agree. They, they don't deserve a final, which is a separate thing. Nah. <laughs> I think Mitch made the comment that at least they beat the Reds. So uh, compared to everybody else, no, exactly. They they took a proper scalp, you know. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean the four, I mean Kubeli had a very good game, probably one of his best games of the season actually. I mean the commentators noted that he'd been sitting off a lot, but in this one he he attacked the tight tight areas, uh, like two or three line breaks. He, he had a good game. He's a good player, Thomas Kubeli. Um, I, I don't know about Jack McGregor. <laughs> I think Rob Kearney was meant to start, mm-hmm. and he didn't start, but uh, a try hard. But so uh, congrats to the force though. Um, yeah, Reds a little bit complacent. Felipe Targuna had a very very good game. Had to pass on me. Did I think he did he go off early? Went over early because he got hammered by Tabiti Kodrani. Yes, that's that's and right. That was HI. Yeah, um, a lot a lot of that um, going on. I was just trying to think of a bit more about the Reds here. Oh yeah, um, shocking tackling on on Tupo. Great try. I mean, it was lacquer. I mean, the guy was Teflon, ran through holes and whatnot. But yeah, I think the force would want to. Do a little bit better. Kyle got in the journey up there in the tackle stats, and he wasn't journey that involved. I, I, I'm just trying to think. We got 14, and then at 11, there's Otapello, and then who's the other wing? I actually can't, can't even remember. Mm. I guess he never doesn't see the. Is, ball, it, is it Ralston still? Yeah, it's Ralston. Uh, shame. Okay, yeah, he was mm. a bit of a non bit of a non factor. Um, but yeah, congrats to the force definition of hard weather. I think Reds are a little bit complacent. Liam Wright made his comeback. Oh, Tony from... Pudu, sorry. Yes, oh, yeah, sorry. This game it was pretty. Shit, man. You're right. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, he's bad. Yeah, no, he was alright. He wasn't too bad. Got a yellow card. Yeah. Then Fluke came through. So I'm just trying to think. Yeah, the Reds. Mm, there's a mean, bit... That's something we should probably touch on: the fact that the Reds lost and the Force had three yellow cards. Well, they're not the only ones. Uh, we'll, we'll chat very shortly about the Rebels. Um, <laughs> actually, no, we're going to touch yeah. out about the Rebels now. The Rebels get two red cards. That is Aysin Irani, who, who flipping deserved it. Uh, I mean, his high tackle, it was, oh, it was Douglas who was the victor both times. Uh, probably a yellow, but then he threw fists at, oh, at uh, Chief Schutzdurer, uh, Lachman Swinton. Gets a red card, and then, I mean, okay, Pono's red card was only in the last five minutes, but some people said it was harsh. By the letter of the law, that seemed like a red card, though. Shoulder meets face. Again, Max Douglas. Um, you, which one are you talking about? Pinhead's one? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that one, I didn't watch it live. I saw a clip of it on, on Twitter, and it definitely seemed like a red card to me. Mm. Yeah, um, I had no complaints. Yeah, but the commentators yeah. loved it. They're like, ah, and then they, they brought it back. I was like, ooh, and Andrew was wincing. We were thinking this was the, the turning of the tide for our fantasy. Commentators are probably the worst judges of what like should and shouldn't be be penalized or carded no that's true they almost never get it right no they, they are hype hype masters um the rebels should have beaten the waratahs by more in a way i mean i mean that was still quite a, quite a decent victory but two red cards uh and a yellow i don't know if the waratahs got one but yeah um an awful campaign for the waratahs in the end um trans tasman's looking pretty scary for them right now uh, they're going to have a very, very hard time. They have improved somewhat since the beginning of the tournament. But, uh, yeah, just the Rebels were better, even at scrum time. And they're right there. I think they're two tight heads as well. Um, it's all the Waratahs fans. I know the draft rugby guys, there's quite a few Waratahs fans out there. Uh, I, I don't know if we're sorry, but it's just like, yeah, not nice, eh? Um, and for Australian rugby, I mean, they've got the Brumbies and the Reds, but Sydney is a key rugby club. Haven, so it's important the Waratahs improve, and it's ho- hopefully the back backroom area improves. Do you, do you guys have any further comments just on the Waratahs Rebels game? It was pretty self-explanatory. It wasn't the greatest game, or Rebels is the one. Yeah, I'm just looking at the stats now that you and, and Ant have kind of brought it up. So there were six cards for the winning, the two winning sides. Yes. And Weird. So three, what is it? Three yellow, three yellows for the force, and yeah, then two reds and yellow. Two reds in either for the ta- for the rebels, sorry, and they still won. That like that's fucking weird. Like, because I normally say discipline's the biggest difference mm. between winning and losing. Um, and we can yeah, we'll talk about that just now. I think. Oh, sorry, was that last week when the 
and the satyrs lost and it was because they were denied like use of this ground mm. am I going mad what am I thinking of uh, I'm not sure oh no it's the force game of course yes. sorry so they had three cards but they only had hang on hang on a second the western force only made five errors the whole game Oh, you so see they, you there were only five attacking scrums for the Reds, which denied them, you know, use of Tenere Duper, who's become quite a strong scrummager, despite my criticism of them. Um, yeah. And the, the commentators were creeping themselves every time they did scrum, because the Reds' forward pack was quite dominant. Mm. But the Western Force were clinical, so they didn't make very many mistakes. And that's a big part of why the Reds were kind of crippled. Because they were denied access to the one of their one of their main attacking weapons, which was the scrap. Um, that said, it's bizarre that you could have three yellow cards and still win, and that the rebels could have especially three against cards. the top of the, te- the, 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 the team, like exactly. the red. You know, like the rebels Waratahs game, maybe you can understand it a bit more because yeah. the Waratahs are in theory much a much worse team than the rebels. But you know, the top of the table team shouldn't be losing. When the opposition is three, yeah, I completely agree. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's the Reds are through the final. Brammies are facing the Western Forces weekend in Canberra. So uh, Brammies should win that, uh, no doubt. They're also coming back from the bye, so they'll be well rested. Uh, then there's the final game in New Zealand on Sunday. Uh, the Crusaders they they pumped the Blues, twenty nine six. The Blues have been such a disappointment. Uh, we th- we yep. expected so much from them. I think Liam McDonald's also frustrated just given how much chopping and changing to try and motivate the guys. Hoskins um, Susutu should have scored a try, but he didn't. I'm gonna, it sounds hard to say, the Crusaders aren't all that entertaining to watch, weirdly enough. Um, they used to be. I don't find them entertaining now. They they grind and grind and grind. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, probably, yeah, I'm probably being a bit harsh here, but uh, the Chiefs are the team to watch. At the moment, uh, that's yeah, the I think the Crusaders like maybe have taken their foot off the gas a little bit, because um, they. Do you think that it's been a deliberate foot off the gas, or do you think it's just? I don't think they're quite the same team they were a year ago. I think they're just not playing as well. I don't, as they think, were. I don't think so. Yeah, I agree with that. But what's? I mean, I don't think you in this you're wrong, but like, what's changed? Tom Christie's injury for one. Uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a good question. I, but I'm, what I'm trying to ask, uh, well, I suppose it poses the question is it a lack of motivation? Is it a, oh, we're so much better, we don't need to work as hard? Or is it just that some, for some reason there's just not that chemistry there? Which is probably what happens when you lose, you know, your top three midfielders, mm. to be fair. I guess, um, but I mean, like, we were just talking about, like, Manasa Mateele and guys like him being prepared to stay there because their culture is so good. So, yeah. maybe. I don't know if that that starts waning or something, but I mean, yeah, we could probably be generous and say it's you know the injuries to the starting centres has been part of the problem. Um, but I would I would say that even like a month or so ago, they were more dominant than they are now. They suddenly look like mm-hmm. they could be beaten. I mean, they didn't thrash. Well, they they lost two and almost lost a third. Yeah. Uh, the three games before um, the Blues game, I mean, that was very, very close to being three losses in a row. Yeah. You know? And it was that the Havili drop goal one that they didn't lose. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, it's it suddenly, as you say, they went becoming a very vulnerable beat, and now that they smashed the Blues. But I mean, that's the Blues. I think that's probably more down to the Blues and the Crusaders. Just so the way the Blues have been played. Like, they beat them handily, but they, I wouldn't say they smashed. Like, yeah, I think it's, it I mean, look, it's a fairly dominant scoreline now, but I mean, it wasn't like they were. Uh, it, no, yeah, no, I guess that's true. Like, yeah. They put like 50 points on them. Whereas at the beginning of the season, if I'd known how bad the Blues were, I would have said this Crusaders team should put 50, <clears throat> put 50 on them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I still think they'll win the whole thing. But... Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, and who knows? Yeah, maybe when it comes to finals time, like they will step up and. Well, the Chiefs have been pretty fucking thing. clutch, so who knows? Maybe the Chiefs find a way to beat them. I hope so. They're, I love they're... that meme about 
the definition of the game of rugby, a game where you play sport for 79 minutes and then Damien McKenzie kicks a, kicks a penalty to beat you. Yeah, again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. And look, I must say, so I return to the Chiefs game, Bryn Gatland was really good. He wasn't shit. Um, so, I mean, I good, made... good call the coaches. Solid. He had a, he had uh, a good he had a few good moments. I wouldn't say it was that good overall. Nah, he, he did what he had to. Um, so Warren Gatland, I don't know. He's going to come back to what's his name, Clayton McMillan or something like that. Forgive me. Um, but he, no, he was good. Um, and uh, I'm just trying to think. Quinter Pye, he, he'll be coming back. I think for Charles Tasman as well. I, I, I don't just like Alex uh, Nakavell, but Tupé is better. So I, I, it's clear to see why the Tupé starts over him. Um, I'm trying to think of 15. ENS has been very good lately. James Lowe. Not James, why do I keep saying James Lowe? Jonah Lowe. He's been... He's actually been pretty good. Um, I, I think defensively he's probably a bit tighter. McKenzie at 15. Uh, Anton Leonard Brown's actually gotten better uh, through the competition. Yeah, uh, he's and, definitely improved. Yeah, so I, I, it's going to be a very, very good final. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, guys, yeah. any, any further comments just on the rugby this weekend or... or we can wrap up. Uh, do you want to do Super Brew? Yes, I have it. In fr- I have it open in front of me. Yeah. Where's this? Is my Super Brew. It is. Sorry. Also, let me look. Uh, let me just log out. Log in. Click. Click. Yeah, I'm. I'm good on comment one. Just in terms of the Trans Tasman, um, ENS Etin Etin and might be joining the Sevens team. Uh, so I don't know if that's gonna happen. Mm. He he went and, off early, uh, so I hope he's not injured. I so. think he's okay, but I think he might be. Yeah, I don't I don't feel be available for the oh, transfer. Okay. And I think Quintipar's out. I think yeah. he's out for the whole season. Really? They said four to six weeks. Um, oh, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Moody's also out for five months. So I didn't notice that, by the way. Just I'll, I'll shoot that. I'll shoot that through in there. So um, last round of Super Rugby in New Zealand. So, it's Hurricanes versus Highlanders in Wellington. I picked the Hurricanes, weirdly enough. I don't know why. I'm not super brave. They're playing Wellington. I guess, yeah, you'd back the Hurricanes to win on home, home turf. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Highlanders win, but yeah. they had to put money on it, so... I think it'd be a good game. Um, and then the fun game, look, it's a Friday game. At least we can watch it all at work. And then Saturday, it is Blues Chiefs, Eden Park. Uh, Chiefs. Yeah, on form. All right. Also, Chiefs are five at Hurricanes by three in the other game because it's uh, a six. And then Hurricanes by three in the other game. So it's relatively close. Uh, then the easiest one to pick over the weekend, uh, Brumbies Force. How much of the Brumbies are going to win by? And how many tries is FF2 going to get? Thirty, not tries, but points. <laughs> I think they're gonna win. Yeah, I suppose you could. I could see a forty-five to fifteen scoreline happening. Yeah, unless Tomasi's playing, obviously. Yeah, I'll put twenty-two. It's kind of split yeah, the it's, then it's definitely a false victory. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks, guys. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Elite Rugby Banter. Um, and Is that it? yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, yeah. I run a t- I run a tight ship here. Uh, not on my fantasy team, but uh, mm. on the pod I try to run a, run a township. And thanks very much all for joining us on Late Notice. Very much appreciated as always. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Thanks for the chat. Are we? And uh, Alex, thanks thanks for joining us. What are you? What, are you, what have you had while you're having for dinner? The, in the uh, RV kitchen? Um, I had leftover lamb. I was at a oh, lamb fry nice. on Sunday, so Saturday. A friend of mine, we was like a school reunion and a friend of mine... Uh, drove all the way from Crewe with a whole sheep in the back of his bucky, and then he butchered it at my mate's place. Jesus, that's pretty epic. And we had a, a bit of like a lambra, and Alex gave me the lift. That was amazing. I mean, he, I mean, he didn't kill the sheep at your mate's place. He didn't, he didn't slug it there, no, although he <laughs> said that's what he was going to be his joke. Thanks, um, fuck. Okay. But he, he did butcher it in the kitchen. He had brought a hacksaw and he just. A whole off. sheep in the kitchen. That's yep. impressive. Jesus Christ. A whole sheep. Whole sheep. Who, and, um, do you Namibian savages? All of you. He's, he's not Namibian. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I left a lamb. 
and he also brought a massive sack of potatoes. Oh, lacquer. Which he gave me, uh, baked potatoes. So I, I washed those and put them in the oven, and we had roast potatoes and leftover lamb. Oh, that, you can't beat that. It was a good lamb. It was pretty good. It, yeah, it was pretty good. Absolutely divine. Yeah, I, I just hope you slathered it with garlic. Um, please. I actually didn't. We, so, so part of the problem is that like we, we have to, or we don't have to, but we give whatever we're eating to baby Daniel as part of his dinner. Yeah, so fair enough. We have to limit the yeah. seasoning. Yeah, my wife and I need to do more of that actually. Um, with with Ren, but we'll, we'll figure that yeah. one out. So she's gave me a look. <laughs> I mean, those those are the choices. You either have like under seasoned food, or you cook two meals basically, like one for the baby. Yeah, we And so I hope you're taking notes. So I'm most definitely not. Good, good. And zoned out a long time ago. Yes, that was bad talk. Thinking about the lamb. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Focusing on the things that are relevant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're happy, Lucy, thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, it's been a goodie. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we assume we have Matt and Ben back. Hopefully, Ben is his home life calms down a little bit after a tough day. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll chat a bit more about the three games taking place next week, other news and whatnot. So, thanks again for listening. We will be back next week.